Ah, summer. The best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, they have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. I am all in. More, more, more. I want to kiss you more. I am all in with Scott Patterson, an iHeartRadio podcast. All right, hey everybody, Scott Patterson here, and this is the I Am All In podcast with iHeartRadio and 111 Productions. And what a show! We have for you, what an episode we have for you today. What a show, what a show. Um, you know, we talked about this last week. We talked about uh, Emily's uh, a choice of poster, asking Roy what kind of poster she wants in her new bedroom at the Gilmore house, whether it's uh, the Backside Boys, she meant the Backstreet Boys, or Sync or 98 Degrees. And we happen to have, and and, you know, before I say anything, we got such a response from from the fans about uh, uh, this and the, the chatter is deafening. My God, did you respond about this? So uh, we know we have a demographic that is well aware of boy bands. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to admit to you right off the bat, not my jam, very limited knowledge. So don't hate on me because of that. But 
I did listen to uh, one of the hit songs from the our guest today. We're going to have 98 Degrees on today. Uh, we have uh, a Mr. Jeff Timmons and a Mr. Drew Lachey from 98 Degrees. And I'm excited to talk to them because I have... I have watched their video, uh, and uh, I have some some questions about how terrified they must have been uh, doing one particular uh, scene from that video. Um, and they probably weren't, but I would have been. So here they are. Let's bring in Jeff and Drew, and, uh, and let's get this, this party started. Jeff Timmons. How you doing, man? How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. Pretty you, good. You look, exact, you look exactly the same as in the video. Well, I, yeah, I have the uh, I have the um, little slider that says make myself look better. That little image <laughs> thing on there, so it might be fooling you a little bit. And there's Drew. Hey, Drew, how you doing? Good. How's it going, man? Good. Thanks for joining us, and uh, pleasure to have you guys on. I um, I'm a little older than you guys, so I'm like a late '60s uh, '70s rocker kind of dude. Uh, so so I watched your I watched your video. I want, what is it because of you or because you, you had a, a big hit song you, yeah. back in the day, I guess it was 1999. Uh, and I watched the video. Um, and I don't, if I was a member of NSYNC at that time and they said, guess what? Uh, we're going to shoot you on the beach. We're going to shoot you in the city. We're going to shoot you on cable cars. And then we're taking you to the top of the golden gate bridge. I would have been like, nah, nah, not doing that. 98 degrees, Scott. 98 degrees. You're blurring your boy bands. Yes, yeah, because it was in sync. That's why he wouldn't have done it. If he was in 98 degrees, he would have done it. Did I say in sync? I am so <laughs> see, I told you I am I am not qualified to conduct this interview. Just fire me right now. I am so sorry, guys. Well, look, Scott, I, I, was in, I, I am in 98 degrees. I can assure I you that I was a petrified on top of that golden oh my bridge. God. I was definitely Those shots afraid, were so. terrifying. They were terrifying looking. I mean, I, I, I experienced vertigo from time to time. I, I, I got a little queasy watching that stuff. And you must have been up there all day waiting for the helicopter to fly over because it wasn't a drone shot. They didn't have drones back no. then. No. I mean, you must have been up there all day. How, how long were you up at the top of the Golden Gate Bridge waiting for that shot to happen? It was definitely a couple hours, yeah. Oh, and my it was, God. It was so windy up there. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. It was a. Uh, it, it had its moments. Getting up there, I think, was probably even scarier than being up. How, how did you? How did you get up there? By the way, in one of the towers, there's a tiny elevator that I think it only what we could only fit three or four of us at a three, two of us at a time, and it goes up really slowly. So, and you're like, it was, uh, it was a pretty weird experience, surreal for oh sure. Oh man, I don't know. I don't know. And you're, and and Jeff, you're still jacked. You're, you're, oh, man, you're, I'm trying to keep up with the young bucks. Your, your so. lats were huge in the video. I'm like, look at this guy just just hitting the gym. Look at them. Knowing he's got a big future ahead of him, he's got to stay in shape. So we were talking about you came up in the uh, you came up in the uh, in, in in the last episode, and the fans went crazy when we started talking about it a little bit in our recap. And uh, we said, we got to have these guys on. So Amy got in touch. She knows you guys. So let me ask you something about this. This Were the rivalries between the boy bands real or something generated by the press? Jeff, uh, uh, go ahead and, and address this because a lot of people want to know this. What's weird about it is what's really interesting, contrary to popular belief at the time, I think people thought 
that, you know, we were adversarial toward those groups, but we had nothing but great experiences and a mutual respect for those guys right. because they were going through the same roller coaster ride that we were. So right. uh, we've got nothing. But if we had to choose one, one group, they both had so many hits. Both groups have so many cool members that we're friends and friends with and close with. I honestly couldn't pick one or the other. Drew, what do you think? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm closer with the guys in NSYNC than I am with the guys in Backstreet Boys. So I would have to lean towards them, but I know Jeff is, is cooler with AJ and the Backstreet. So I, I think it's, you know, like you said, you can kind of take them, but they, they both have, uh, they both went diamond yeah. on, on one of their records. Uh, wow. Yeah. Have sold God knows how many records. So right. I don't think you could go wrong with either of them, but you know, if I had to choose between the three, I mean, 98 degrees is still the best. I mean, everybody knows that. Everybody knows I that. Mean, Even that's I why know Jeff that. Still has the, Jeff still has the poster hanging up Ooh. behind him. That's right. <laughs> Plaques and everything. We're proud of 98. So what was that experience like for you guys? I mean, you, you start out, I read a little bit about how um, uh, Nick, it wasn't, it wasn't Nick that started the band. Was it you, Jeff, who, who kind of contacted Nick, who was in college and said, listen, what about this thing? You maybe want to do this. So you guys knew each other. I, I didn't know Nick and Drew and Justin at all. I were, were no. from different parts of Ohio. I actually started the group with some other guys and went right. to LA. You couldn't, there was no social media or YouTube. You, you know, you had to go to where the action was and we thought it was in LA and we drove to LA and ultimately those guys, you know, didn't stick with it. And I, tr you would think in LA, you would be able to find other talent. So I, I wanted to stick with it. And I put like ads in these, you know, local magazines and, and, uh, and you know Hollywood Reporter and all that. I couldn't find. I auditioned a bunch of people, and then ultimately I met a guy that went to school with with these guys in Ohio, and he played me a tape of a of a cover band that Nick was in, and and I heard his voice, and I thought, man, this guy's incredible. And really, we spoke on the phone, and then you know he agreed to come out to LA and join the group, and then uh, J Justin came out and Drew came out and. And then we, uh, that's how we got, we filmed, that's how we formed our group. We formed it that way in LA. I didn't even know what Nick looked like at all. I, I was on the phone. I'm like, are you good? Are you, uh, how's your, I actually said, how's your look? And he goes, uh, am I a good looking guy? I said, yeah. I mean, how's your look? He goes, yeah, I think so. And I was like, good enough. Come on out. And then, and then that's how I, I hadn't seen him till the day he arrived in LA. So, uh, and then we, 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 we went, we went from there, but it was a, it was a great experience and a very unique one compared to some of the other bands were compared to. So, so it happened pretty quick for you guys. I mean, within a year, didn't you have a record deal uh, at a pretty big place, a big record company? And, and uh, how aggressive were you in the beginning getting your work out there and getting in front of people and getting it heard by the right people? Didn't you have some kind of, oh, you did some kind of acapella thing backstage at a, at a, at a music festival or something or a concert and that got blasted out live on TV. And isn't that something that changed the game for you? Yeah, I mean, that was even before I joined the group. So I joined the group in, uh, not to date us, uh, November of 95. Right. Um, and they had already they had already snuck backstage at a Boys to Men concert right. and tried to sing for him, for, for them. Um, of course, they couldn't get close to Boys to Men because at that time, Boys to Men was, you know, the biggest thing on, on the planet. Um, but they sang for Montel Jordan's tour manager, uh, who eventually became our manager. Um, and then I joined in November of 95, April of 96, uh, we got signed to Motown. Wow. So for four, four white boys from Ohio getting signed to Motown wow. was kind of the, uh, kind of the dream. 
Uh, you know, every group that we grew up idolizing, whether it was Boys to Men or the Temptations, the Four Tops, Stevie Wonder, um, every group that we loved, or a solo artist for that matter, pretty much came from Motown. Right. Unbelievable. What a what a story. So what was it like in the beginning? I mean, how did it how did it start? You get signed. Did you go into the studio right away? Did you start writing your own material? Were they giving you material, but were you writing your own material? How, how does that how does that work with you guys in the beginning? It's it's kind of a it's kind of a variety of all the things. We got signed in LA and the first thing that they said was, All right, now you gotta pack up and move to New York. So immediately, <laughs> as soon as we got signed, we were like, What but we we just we just uh-huh. rented a new apartment right. at this nice two bedroom apartment that right. the four of us are in. What uh, uh. So we moved to we moved to New York and then uh you know we started we started recording. I mean we were living in a hotel right on Times Square. It sucked. Right. Um you know, but right. you know we started going into the studio and trying to figure out what what our sound was going to be. You know, this new 98 degrees Motown sound. Mm-hmm. Um and it was it was the it was a process going back and forth with the label. They had one idea of what we should be, uh where we should live, how we should look, all this stuff and we had another idea. Um Mm-hmm. So it was kind of finding this this blend between the two. Right. Uh, and as far as music goes, I mean, at that point, you know, everybody was submitting songs. Um, you know, you had the biggest songwriters in, in the world that would just submit songs, whether it's Diane Warren or Steve Kipner or, you know, Max Martin was coming along at that point. Uh, well, he's already around, but becoming a household name at that point. Um, and we just found the best songs that we possibly could. I mean, whether we wrote them or somebody else wrote them, mm-hmm. if it was a good song and we thought we could do it justice we we would record it and that's how we that's how it worked so you did your that so that all that work went into a debut album or a date couple of singles or what it was it an album it was an album and at that time you know you spent a lot of time putting an album together now yeah. you just you record stuff put it in dsps <laughs> and you know, you're out and off yeah. in, in the running it with a single an ep or you right. know a collection of singles but with that that back then it was full-length albums and i think we even spent probably a better part of a almost a year recording wow. that album, you know, oh since a whole, whole year doing song after song. And again, Drew, Drew was hit the nail on the head and how we were trying to refine our sound. And certainly they had a certain idea to maybe have us lean a little bit more urban. And then, you know, mm-hmm. um, we came out with Invisible Man. We thought that, that was that best embodied what our group was all about. And that was a big success for us. But they, at the time, getting our image matching our music, they couldn't quite figure that out until Backstreet and NSYNC emerged on TRL and, and MTV. And then they're like, oh, we have our own uh, version of that. So let's actually you know, put their image out there and, and uh, let, let us kind of, they let us kind of then stay true, true, true to ourselves with our imaging and, and, our, and the way we wanted uh, our music uh, to, to be in which direction as well. Mm-hmm. So. Talk about the ramp up to, you know, releasing the first single or teasing the first single or getting that first, uh, you know, the first gig and, feeling that excitement from the fans talk about that a little bit how that what was that like i mean when we were when we were first starting there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of excitement from the fans uh you know motown booked us on these tours and like jeff alluded to like that we they didn't they didn't put out pictures of us at first Hmm. um really they wanted people to think that we were an r&b group they wanted us to think that we were black guys or you know so they didn't do that we got marketed to urban radio uh, we would go to clubs that, that lean more urban. So when, you know, we walk out on stage and people are like, what, come on, <laughs> you know, um, you know, so it, it took, 
it took a little bit of time for, for people to really kind of figure out who we were. And, and luckily we had a fantastic radio department in Motown right. um, who literally just got Invisible Man played and played and played to the point where, um, you know, you couldn't, you couldn't hide that we were white for very long. Right. Scott, um, that's when, that was when Ryan Seacrest and I were with 90 degrees driving around in a van in San Francisco. I don't even know if you guys remember that, but like, is that right? Is that? Yeah. So Ryan Seacrest was working in radio back then. This was like wow. 97. That's right. And he was in a van with 90 degrees and we're cruising around. I don't even know what we're doing. We, we so, had a Winnebago that had our, we put our pictures on the sides. We wrapped it with our <laughs> pictures to, so we could get attention. People didn't yeah. know. So we would go around, like you said, and we would pick up radio people, show them what, what we, we printed up our own swag. We had our own t-shirts, wow. all kinds of stuff. And so. what's crazy is two weeks ago, Ryan Seacrest was with 98 degrees in Las Vegas. So it's just like they've stood the test of time, right. which is, you know, I think so interesting about this Gilmore Girls episode, too. Right, but I'll let right. you guys keep going. I just right, had a joke. Right. <laughs> Why'd you remember that, Amy? That's funny. Uh, she's got great stories. Um, yeah. So, so, so it was really, so you were playing a lot of clubs and, and, and getting super tight. Were you really tight when you started or did, did you really gel through the live concert experiences? Well, I mean, I, I think clearly we, we were already tight. You right. know, we, we were very hardworking. You know, we're, we kind of pride ourselves on being, you know, a blue collar boy band. You know, mm-hmm. we, we put in the work, we work hard. We're very, we're very passionate about what we do and we want to put in the time that, that represents the respect that we, that we have for what we do. Um, so, you know, we would rehearse hours a day and just get our acapella sound right and our blend right. Um, so by the time we hit the road together, we were already, you know, we're, we're our own funk dysfunctional family, you know, rolling mm-hmm. around and, you know, getting on each other's nerves, just like brothers do. Um, you know, so it, it was a, it was a process, but clearly um, nobody else knows exactly what we've been through except for the four of us. Right. So regardless of what happens and how many years go by or, you know, whether we're mad at each other or not, we have a bond that, that nobody else can really appreciate or relate to. Um, you know, so we're, we're, we truly are, you know, four brothers Mm -hmm. and tell me about that first time where it was like wow we've made it was it walking out onto a stage and there's 10,000 20,000 30,000 people and you all look at each other like good lord look at this I think it's different stages you know at different stages you go and and look when you're a type a like we're all type a's we're workaholics we we never quite think we've made it you know what I mean we we're always on to the next thing but I, I think for me one of the first times was when we actually heard our our first single "Invisible Man" on the radio on Kiss FM. You know, mm-hmm. that, you know the big station in LA, the big famous one, and and uh, I, you know, we we were driving in the car and it came on the radio. That's one of them. Obviously, we we performed with Stevie Wonder on the Tonight Show for the first oh, time. Oh my goodness! <laughs> like, wow. wow! All right, I think we're we're on our way. I mean, there are so many of them. <laughs> it's really hard to put pinpoint one of them right. i mean you're, you're grateful for all of them and but you know they're, they're, they're always at different stages of what you feel like is a, is a level of satisfying success yeah um what's the biggest audience you played in front of what's the biggest crowd i mean we've done certain certain radio shows festivals that are 100 plus thousand people um Jesus. yeah which is you know it's it's kind of awesome and it's like breathtaking to be standing on stage in front of all these people but then at the same time, you can't really see any of those people. It's hard. It's hard to connect to a hundred thousand mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, me personally, I like I like the smaller, you know, more intimate uh, settings. You know, if you're like 
couple thousand people uh, to me like a small theater vibe i i love that that's that's where i really uh mm-hmm. that's where i really get inspired right talk a little bit about uh this whether the media uh, uh invented this and fueled this or whether it was real this this rivalry between the boy bands to talk a little bit about that and and do you think it helped focus uh the fans attention on all of you collectively well, look, well, you know, the, uh, we hadn't heard about the term boy band before. So when we we started our group, we were inspired by the Motown groups, the Four Tops and Temps and, you know, classic rock harmonies like you talked about, like my journey in Boston and the Eagles. And and so we wanted to be a vocal group and doo-wop groups. So we didn't know what a boy band was until we went over to CDs to Europe and we ran into NSYNC over there who was working in Backstreet Boys was emerging in the U.S. So we didn't really compare ourselves to those groups at that time. Eventually, the public did. And obviously, there was sort of some sort of rift between Backstreet and NSYNC because they came from the same camp and same management. So that might have existed there. And that's well documented. But with regards to us, we didn't even think we were the same kind of group. So we, we didn't mind it. And then I think in the beginning, being called a boy band, it has sort of a connotation that you don't really sing and you don't sing live and, you know, you, everything's produced and manufactured. So we didn't like that. But then later, you know, when you're compared to groups, like Drew was saying, they, they go diamond and sell 10 million copies of an album and you're mentioned in the same breath as these legends. I mean, we certainly, we certainly didn't mind it at that point, I don't think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it lasted how long? I mean, you took a break in what, 2003? Uh, I'm not sure. When did we take a break, Jeff? Like 2000, right at the end of 2001. Like, oh, so really? We, yeah. Really? So we, you know, we did our, our last thing before we kind of went in different directions is we did on September 10th, 2001 in New York. We did that Michael Jackson special, uh, you know, where we performed with Luther and Usher. And it was a really big thing at Madison Square Garden. Then the next day was September 11th. And we were in the midst of finishing mm-hmm. up a tour and everything was so up in the air and, and crazy and scary. We kind of just went in our separate directions and then, you know, went on to our own lives and really didn't get back together until 2012. So, wow. it, you know, what, what seemed to be like a short break and it wasn't anything like we, we broke up or, or, you know, we had some sort of falling out. We were tired for sure from the grind, but it was nothing that, you know, that, you know, sort of outside of what happened on September 11th, this sort of take took us in different directions. And then we all had, you know, I had a baby and was getting married and a kid on the way. And, you know, everybody had different things going on. And then eventually we missed it and got back together in uh, 2012. And we've been back together ever since. Right. Uh, but what about what about some kind of nostalgia tours? Have you been doing those? Because I know a lot of bands, you know, that are from this, even from the 60s or 70s, they're getting booked all over the place because people want to hear the music. You know, all of those memories from all of your fan base from, you know, 95 or 96 to 2001, those memories will be with them for, for life and they'll come see you forever. Um, so how has that been for you in terms of the number of people you're getting at your shows? I mean, that's been great. Honestly, since we got back together in 2012, we, uh, we went on an arena tour with new kids on the block and boys to men in 2013. And we pretty much haven't stopped touring since. Beautiful. Um, we've done a couple holiday tours. We did another tour called the my two K tour with O town and dream and Ryan Cabrera, which is kind of, kind of what you're talking about, kind of along that, mm-hmm. you know, TRL nostalgia, um and then we've honestly been doing what we call weekend warrior model now where we've just been going around and doing different weekend shows because you know three of the four of us are are fathers and and have families with kids and you know um 
it's important for us to make sure we prioritize our family too, mm-hmm. uh, not just literally hit the road for eight months at a time and be like, yeah. hey, all right, kids, I'll come back after you're done with puberty. Um, <laughs> yeah. I know. Hey, so, I, you know, that's tough. I know. That's why I think this episode resonated because we're getting just so many comments on social media right now because we talked about in the episode, and Scott will explain, uh, the main character, Rory, her grandma asked her which poster she wants on the wall and she ends up with a 98 degrees poster on the wall. And it plays as well today as it did when it aired in 2001 you know when you guys were kind of at the height of it all and I think that's so interesting and with Gilmore Girls the fans there's this new generation a new generation new and new fans keep coming and I think that it works just as well with the young new people as it did with my age that saw it back then so my question for you guys sorry Scott I didn't want to interrupt but no keep going what does that feel like to be so integrated in pop culture that you're in this show, your posters on the wall, and this show has millions and millions of fans that span over 20 years? Like, I want to know what that feels like to, to be a part of that. I mean, it's really an honor. I mean, when, when you, you know, when you start a group like this, you hope and dream for things like that. And you know, going in that the odds uh, of, of being still in the mix 25 years later, and we're going out and, you know, we did a show the other night here in Vegas. Vegas is always a scary, hard market. There's so much competition. We have 4,000 people out there, you know, 25 years later. And before that, a festival that had 12,000 and before that, 8,000. I mean, we're playing for the same amount, if not more numbers now, uh, because of the nostalgia play, like you said, that, 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 that we relate to a time in people's lives that was an innocent time that, you know, most of our fans were young teenagers. So and they met a lot of their fans at our shows. So there are a lot of different hooks that have led us and allowed us to continue to live this dream this many years later. So for us, for I, I mean, it, it, we're honored and it's always great and amazing and surreal to see people out there singing the words to your songs this many years later, bringing their kids. Their kids are singing the words of the song. Right. Still signs in the audience. So mm-hmm. we feel- Have you ever had a moment where your own kids are watching something like Gilmore Girls and you guys are mentioned and they're like, dad, like, you know, something like yes. that where- <laughs> My no. my daughter and my wife were watching Gilmore Girls. No, and they literally were watching it, and and the ep- the episode that you're talking about, they were streaming the whole thing, and they watched it, and and my daughter literally, I mean, um, her dad, you know, she doesn't <laughs> think of me as anything other than that for for the most part, and she sees our poster. I think it might be the one the was it the fireman poster. We'll have to pull. We'll pull a screenshot. I recognize the poster. It was like one yeah, of I don't the, remember you know. which one it was, but she was like, oh my god. Dad, you're on Gilmore Girls. I was like, yeah, I know. And for her, that was like, no, seriously, you're on Gilmore That's Girls. That's the big deal to her, right? Mine was Just Shoot Me. Yeah, Just Shoot Me came on. It was a, was a repeat of Just Shoot Me. And my son was watching it. He had his friends. They, they And then they pulled it up on YouTube and we're in his room, like, laughing about it, watching it over and over again. Oh, my God. I don't know if that's cool or not, but, you know, they were watching it. Oh, that's no, so but, cool. but for me, honestly, the, the, the whole Gilmore Girl, I remember when it happened originally, when it first aired. And, you know, our fan base was like, oh, my goodness, yes, they're on Gilmore Girls. It's awesome. Uh, but for me, you know, that, that's, that was what? That was 20 years ago. Yeah, 21. Yeah, I think it was like April, May 2001. We'll pull the exact date, but mm-hmm. I think so. It was sort of right bef- before you guys were saying you took a break. So it was right at the height of it all. Yeah. And the height of these boy bands. Mm-hmm. I mean, my, my daughter's 15 and a half. She wasn't even alive when that happened. <laughs> so for her, this is this is the closest she ever gets uh, to seeing like kind of. Not, I mean, not to sound 
you know, arrogant, but how big we were. I mean, it's, it's, uh, hey, if you were big, cool. you were big. You can brag about it. You, you guys are we, huge. We, we did okay. Yeah. We did okay. We did all right. Yeah. It's interesting how many fans are writing in because in the episode that you, that I'm sure you remember, it's, in sync, 90 degrees, and then Emily Gilmore calls them the backside boys. But we're getting so many fans writing in, new kids on the block, new kids on the block. So they were sort of forgotten a little bit at that time because they hadn't sort of had their big comeback yet. But I think it's so interesting because I do think it plays as well today, 20 years later. Yeah, so the original air date of this episode was April 26, 2001. <laughs> wow, 20, 20 years ago. You know, it wow. does answer the question, though, because fans are – you know, I was always mystified when I was a teenager why people broke up in great bands and this kind of a thing. And and it, and it's always kids. They have kids and you don't want to be away from your kids. And I had a son and I was on the road a lot. And I called my wife and I said, I'm coming home. I can't do this anymore. I miss him. I don't want to miss even a moment of his childhood. And he, I mean, he was, God, at that time he was three years old. Uh, but I didn't want to miss it. I didn't want to, I didn't want to be one of those dads. So I get it. I get it. I mean, you guys did the good thing. You're good guys. You know, you, you stuck by your kids. Good for you. Um, so what's it like now? Tell, tell me what you're doing now and, and what exciting things you're doing other than, you know, these tours, are you still doing your own music? You're doing individual, uh, 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 solo careers and doing your own stuff too. I mean, we're all we're all working on different individual projects, but yeah, 98 Degrees is still together and going strong. We uh we released a single earlier in the summer, uh, which is it's what number 30, not 40, it's on it's, it's on the it's Hot AC chart. Yeah, 40. it just broke top 40 on one of the charts, the Hot AC chart. Yeah. So we just got an email about it, so we're somewhat back in the mix. Go ahead, Drew. Yeah, so we we just released that, so we're shooting videos for that, and we're recording new music. Um, you know, still touring, so we are we are still. In the thick of it, yeah. We're nice. not just stealing line from the backyard again, but into the thick of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we're 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 still going strong. I would love to see you guys. I really would. Um, I, you know, Amy will tell me when you guys are playing L.A. or something. I'll come see you. I'd love to see you guys perform. Definitely. I know, Drew. I hope your kid thinks it's cool that you talk to Luke from the Gilmore Girls. <laughs> <laughs> she. <laughs> she's in her room right now but if, if i if i brought her down she'd be like oh my god dad go get her oh go god. get her it'll be it'll be fun go get her go get, seriously go get her we'll wait you know all right I'll yeah, go get no her. seriously go get her it's fine it'll be it'll be it'll be a wonderful family thing go ahead do it all right hold on we'll talk to jeff we'll talk to you jeff you What's invented up? you invent you started 98 degrees you're the guy well yes and i have more coming your way you're the guy you're the guy I started it trying to, you know, look, in college, I had no idea what I was doing. Right. I wasn't even really into music that much. I was always, I always got pulled into doing music. I came from a really small town that's all about football. So right. I wanted to play football. And, Ohio. And, yeah. and singing wasn't cool, but we were at a party and I had been in so many different vocal groups and stuff that we were trying to impress some girls. So it really was very shallow the reason I started the group. But then I fell in love with the music and the business part of the, behind the music and all the inner workings right what what people like you do and and how all right. the different marketing that goes into it promotions right. and just became a nerd of, of the entertainment business in general you know, it's kind so of interesting that you say that jeff because the one thing i will say about boy bands you know knowing lamp so well and aj so well is these guys grind like they work hard they'll do 
whatever we need them to do all the time. And they're always doing, you know, they always have 50 different things going. And, and maybe that's just the mentality you have to have mm -hmm. to be in a group like that. Mm -hmm. Well, look, and I think we've all experienced what it's like when you don't pay attention to the business part. All three groups have their horror stories about, you know, look, getting robbed and, you know, uh, you know, the, 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 the things that most artists encounter at one point or another in their careers with regards to the financial part and all that. So we had to learn, learn the business quickly. And, you know, for us, uh, you know, we didn't have as, oh, there you go. <laughs> What's up, Iz? Hi, what's your name? Hi. She was doing her homework, so. Okay. Yeah. All right. She just came down. What's your name? So, I'm Iz. Iz, Scott, nice so to meet your, you. How are you? Is that you? your youngest or your oldest? This is my oldest. Oldest. My my youngest is eleven, and he's probably bouncing around somewhere too. All right, cool. He hasn't watched Gilmore Girls yet. We have to know <laughs> if you like Gilmore Girls. Are you Luke and Lorelai forever? And always, are you Team Jess, Team Logan, or Team Dean? I don't know. Probably Team Jess, though. Yeah, there you go. Probably Team Jess. There you go. He's fast. Stay with family. Gotta keep keep yeah. it in the family. Now, they, they literally during all of COVID. Um, you know, of course, families were bonding and watching different stuff. And I would literally walk in the room and, and her and my wife would be like <laughs> laying on the couch together, watching just Gilmore Girls. And then they get mad if somebody went an episode ahead and then they have to catch up. So it was like the it was the whole the whole thing. So Gilmore Girls helped get our family through COVID and quarantine. So thank you. Well, no, thank you. My God. I mean, you know, I was I was just a small part of that band, you know, and it, and it worked out for everybody. But, you know. Um, you guys are the absolute best. Jeff, Drew, we can't thank you enough. You guys are the best, always. Yeah. Oh, our, yeah, our pleasure. Yeah, really. We're happy to be, be doing thank it. You. Bye, Is. See ya. Bye, Bye Is. Good meeting you. That's, that's the end of it. Go go back to doing homework. But but guys, uh, great meeting you. Love hearing your story. I, I, I love talking to guys and gals who with a dream and who work their butts off and, and, and make it. I mean, it's just, it's it's the most interesting part of, of life for me. I mean, I don't care what it is. I love these stories. I love these stories and congratulations to all your success and keep going. People love you. And, uh, I'm going to come see you. I, I really want to go, you know, I, I was booked on a personal appearance and I thought I was the main gig, some heiress's private party. And they, you know how that is. They fly you in. They do all the, <laughs> right. You guys do that a lot. So yeah. I thought I was the main attraction until, uh, uh, Nick Carter showed up and put on a little, <laughs> <laughs> a little acoustic set. And it's like, I, you know, I wasn't familiar with the music, but I remembered some of the hits he was singing. And I just thought, boy, this guy's really good. And he's, you know, that he's got that seasoned and you all have that seasoned professional approach to how to perform. And it's just all so great. So I would love to be a guest if you can manage it. Okay. Of course. Next I time you guys play, I'd, I'd love to see, I'm a huge fan. I write a lot of music and I, Huge fan of, of, of performers. So anyway, guys, thank you for taking the time. Thank you, Scott. Best of luck. Uh, keep it up. Uh, your, your, your music is needed and, it, and it's, you know, it's, it's helping people heal. It just is. You're bringing joy to people and that's the bottom line, right? So you're in the happiness business and you're making people uh, uh, very, very happy. Thanks again, guys. Uh, Appreciate it. Hope to have you back on again soon. Take care. Thanks so much for having us. All right, guys. Bye, guys. Thank Talk you. to you soon. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. Wow, that was, that was you cool. you got to be Team 90 Degrees. Aren't they the best? They're cool. Wow, that was yeah. great. People are definitely, we can tell from the response because people are going nuts. They're definitely passionate about boy bands in general, but they do have their picks, their favorites. Gosh. 
some good singers, some guys that can really yeah, yeah. sing. Yeah. You know, it's like that changed music. It changed music, changed I mean, popular cool music, guys on- that could actually sing. All right, everybody. Well, that was a trip down memory lane for y'all. I hope you enjoyed it. I really liked meeting those guys. They're, you know, such solid guys, aren't they? Such smart, driven yeah, guys really who are. really know what they're doing and very talented people. Ah, what, that was great. That was great. And, and Amy and Riley, we have to go to one of their shows. We will. Riley was just with them in Vegas. She was literally just with them. We will. They'll, they've been playing Vegas a bunch, but they'll do a show in LA. Soon, All right. sure. I, I want to go. They're awesome. We'll take you. We'll take you. Can you take me? Can you, will you get me yes. in or will they laugh we'll at me? We'll get you I'm, in backstage. We'll take you back. Because I'm over 60. So it's like, <laughs> what are you doing here? <laughs> we'll get you a t-shirt and all I, say, I, 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 I auditioned to be a drummer And I didn't make it But I still want to come pay my respects yeah, well, to the boys You must wear your 90 degrees shirt <laughs> I'm do it <laughs> Alright everybody We'll be back after these words Shout out to Astor Pro For sponsoring this episode And providing free samples It's springtime and that means allergies Mine have been throwing me off, and I need something that works fast. That's where Astapro comes in. It's the first of its kind nasal allergy spray, and it is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter spray you can get. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Plus, it is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. So if you suffer from allergies like I do, get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with AstroPro. Go to AstroProAllergy.com for a discount so you can AstroPro and go today. Visit A-S-T-E-P-R-O-Allergy.com. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Ah, summer, the best time of the year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices, and vacation disappears quicker than ice cream melts. But what if summer doesn't have to come with a scorching price tag? What if there's another way? With IKEA, your plants can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have Lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Dreamy getaways can mean the perfect reading nook right outside your window, picnic in the shade, or taking your morning coffee to meet the morning sun. Really, any meal tastes better outside. Create that summer escape for family and friends and start planning a better, more affordable summer right now. You can be the host with the most and the least worries. This summer, make your doorstep the perfect vacation destination with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. 
if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. All right, everybody, we're back, and we are ready to discuss P.S. I love, which I did not know what on earth you were talking about last week when you say, and we'll we'll break down P.S. I love. P.S. I love, L-O dot, 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 so we don't know how to I how thought to my it. computer was like, you know, the, the internet connection was unstable again, and you were going, P.S. I love, and I'm like, what? What did you say? What did you say? Anyway, uh, you have a question. So right off the bat, and Riley, you chime in too, because this has befuddled me for like a number of episodes. I don't understand why Rory didn't just tell her mom at least, but tell everybody what actually happened. Like, it's so weird that we've had this weird misunderstanding where everyone's so mad at Dean when really, yeah, Dean didn't do anything. I think there's a measure of shame. She didn't want to admit that she couldn't say it back. And she was, I think she was just really confused. I mean, she's 16 with all these yeah. feelings. These intense, she's obviously very intelligent. You know, she's got that backbone made of iron that she inherited from her mother and her grandmother. And uh, I just think there's a level of shame that you don't yeah. want to admit that you don't have it together and you, you sort of choked in the, in the moment, but what didn't, you don't really understand the reason why. Yeah. Okay. So that's so. a great, great, satisfying answer to my mm-hmm. question. And that makes the scene in Rory's bedroom at Emily's that much more poignant because Lorelai says, this is my fault that you felt this. Um, yeah, that, that last speech. It's, and, and it really, you know, it boils down to you know, the example that Lorelai is setting for her and Rory just like, just rakes her over the coals in that walk and talk in front of the high school. Like, well, you know, Ooh, I, yeah. you know, my God, well, you'll just break up and then get back together and you'll break up again. Yeah. And like, I don't even want to like, you know, invest in that. Just let me know when you're like, it's in the late innings and I'll, you know, I'll tune in or something. And like when I she mean, says, wow. you ever give a serious answer. Right. Like she calls out Lorelai for all the pithiness. Right. Uh, yeah. Like enough with the BS and just, yeah. I'm not in the mood right now. It's like, it's, she's almost like a, a more mature version uh, of her mother almost, but yes. and stop deflecting and stop trying to keep everything light and let's get real here because these are serious issues yeah. for her. And it's like, Hey mom, these, your life decisions are impacting me in a very deep way. And I yeah. want to talk about yeah. it and I'm confused about it and I don't understand half of it, you know? And it's like, well, you know, max well, this and, and max that and Dean and you know, it's, it's, it's tough stuff. And you know, how would you feel if your teacher 
calls you oh. after class. I mean, that was like, oh God, this is just so uncomfortable. And and there are those of you out there that hate this when I talk about acting, but I love talking about acting. So I'm going to talk about acting again. So you we may, will, we will, we will allow it. We will allow it. <laughs> I thought it was one of uh, uh, Alexis's best moment in front of a camera when she had that scene with Scott Cohen uh, with Max and she was finding yeah. out, I mean, how wonderfully subtle her work was and just like, she couldn't believe it, but man, she, she she was she was keeping her feelings close to the vest enough that he couldn't see it, but yeah. enough that we could. So yes, that that was great. She was great. I think that's perfectly said. She it's was that great. way we all felt uncomfortable. Yeah, these kids are good. I mean, uh, Jared and, and Alexis are just they really showed what kind of acting chops they had. That's all I'll say about the acting. I don't want to piss anybody no, off. You, you have to it. say a little more. You have to say Why? a little more because that scene just with upsets Jared. people. Jared and Lauren in, in Dosey's market because she's up in his face and he, mm -hmm. had, he was so perfect because he's mm -hmm. like shocked and then sort of like, leave me alone, lady. Like yeah. your daughter hurt me. Right. And he's got to play that fine line of not getting angry and be making, you know, making everybody turn the channel and with, and also not playing the victim at the same time, this sort of justifiable intensity. And that's, He's, he was a very fine young actor at 18 years old. He was 18 yeah. years old. I mean, imagine. I, I just, agree. Yeah. These two are just, anyway, that's all I'll say about the acting. Okay, Don't so bore then, anybody. Here's my next question for you. <laughs> Do you think Lane should have just told Rory right off the bat that, because obviously she didn't pick Dean to be her partner. Obviously they got paired. Should she have just told her, look, this blows, but like, you know, Mr. So-and-so put us together and now I got to have Dean at my house because it was so brutal when Rory walks in. I think Lane has so much crap to deal with from her own mother that she didn't really want to, you know, she really didn't want to heap that on to, to Rory when she knows she's heartbroken and she knows she's going through a hard time. Uh, it would have just been, it probably would have just felt like, you know, rubbing salt in the wound and she didn't want to do that. But she had this reality, and there, again, there maybe there should have been an explanation as to how they ended up as study partners. But I was wondering, like, boy, the, there's a piece here missing, and maybe that's intentional, because how did right. she end up with him? Because it would have been easy in one sentence to explain it, which yeah. they didn't. So I agree, there was some intention, or a there, quick scene, like you know, it's a yeah. the, you know, it's a potpourri or whatever they picked a scene part or whatever. Right, right, right. My assumption was they were paired. Right, right, or they happened to share the same passion for a certain area of biology and I don't know, frog digestive systems or something, <laughs> <laughs> which would have made that joke work a little better at the dinner table, which and it was still good. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many heavy things happening because yeah. we haven't even dealt with yet that Rory, after she has the big fight, tells no one and just gets in a cab and goes to her grandparents. And yeah. I think, wow, that said a lot that she's that close with them now. She didn't go to Lane. She didn't go to Suki. She didn't go. She went to her grandparents. Well, listen, I, I remember talking about this in the beginning about how inappropriate the Max Lorelei thing was. And I knew the chickens would have come home to roost at some point, And there they did in that episode. Uh, and I hate to say I told you so, but I told you so. And, it, and it, I think it, 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 it's, there's an emotional logic that makes this show so great. Yeah. Because you predict what's going to happen without it really seeing it coming almost. I mean, it's, it, it's like, when is it going? Mm -hmm. I, I, I feel it should happen. 
it, it could happen, but I don't know when it's going to happen. It doesn't happen in an obvious way. And it happens mm -hmm. down the line. And there it was, there it was, there was the blow up. It's like, you, you know, people sort of not being open and not communicating and not trusting each other enough and not telling people stuff when they should. And that's, yeah. those seeds were planted in the very beginning and of the show. I liked that, that Emily and Richard welcomed her right in. That made me, you know, they really, they really, she is their top priority. Mm -hmm. They'll cancel their plans. They don't care that they're all dressed up and ready to go. She comes first to them. And I think she knows that now. So I, I did sort of like that. And I, and I thought Emily, you know, something that really stood out to me was they're at the table and Rory says, oh, you talked to my mom. Is she mad? And Emily says she was concerned. Right. And I thought the way Emily handled that was so beautiful because Emily, you know, could have been snarkier, but no, she handled it. So it would have, well. it would have ruined the character if she'd handled it any other way. She had to be classy and upfront and honest. She had to be. And, uh, you know, there's one thing that just popped in my head. The, the operative word in this episode, I think, as far as Rory's story is concerned, is protection. And she mentioned that a couple of times, like, why does everybody feel like they have to protect me and stop protecting mm. me and then this kind of thing. And she has a real point. And I think that's why she was cast. Not only is she skilled, but her, the way she looks mm -hmm. and that sweet little voice, you do want to protect her. Yeah. So they had to get somebody that exuded vulnerability. Um, and there you have it. Um, there you have it. And that, and that actress right there in Alexis, um, such a sweet face and such a sweet voice and such a, such a fine mind, you know, to go along yeah. with it and such a, a good heart. And I mean, what, a, what, a, what a wonderful, wonderful person she is and who wouldn't want to protect her. I mean, everybody, I mean, look at, look at, look at what Lane goes through. I mean, yeah. Lane acted like a jilted lover. Like she was devastated. She was so happy for that hug at the end. Oh God. Every performance. Yes. And look, I don't pretend to be like the, the best acting critic in the world, but to me, every performance is flawless. Like there's, <laughs> they, it all just seems so real. Yeah. 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 You can't criticize, I mean, from Richard all the way to Kirk, like, and in between, like every single performance just is flawless. I agree. I and agree. every little bit too, because we, there's always so many storylines. We haven't even talked about your crappy cat gift and the makeover. Cause that was major. <laughs> the cat, cat gift. Is the, so you know, the, uh, yeah, the cat gift. Jesus. <laughs> That was a funny scene. Was it a cat potholder? So bad. Um, so that's the, that's the real question, isn't it? Is Lorelai acting more as a friend or more as a person trying to drive a wedge no, between his successful relationship with seeing some light at the end of the tunnel for Luke and Lorelai? Yes, it's, it's not intentional, but nobody I don't think is it was shopping. Either. It's not intentional. Right. But nobody is shopping for their buddy. Right. They exactly. They shop for their boyfriend. Like, that exactly. Was so, yep. Come on. I, yeah, I just, is he that clueless where, you know, he just needs somebody, a friend like that to do that for him? No, because it was so, that's what a husband and wife do. Like it, the whole thing was like a, the way a couple behaves, yeah. except that these two just won't acknowledge they're a couple because no dude is going to try on some just friend's random outfit. Well, you did it because it's her. Come on. The whole thing is so blatant. 
Are they so in love and so unaware of it that they just fall into this rhythm? See, they do. Mm-hmm. They fall into that mm-hmm. rhythm with each other right away. It doesn't matter the circumstance. Yeah, I mean, and Rachel, and she leaves as soon as Rachel walks in. She, Lorelai, just says, "Well, okay, bye." It's <laughs> <Right. laughs> right. like, see ya. And oh, the whole thing God. is just so again flawless because yeah. he, Luke, takes the outfit. Of course, it looks great on him, and then the belt breaks. It's like, yeah. and he's got the belt on. Come on! But that's telling you know that's telling Rachel pretty much we're not going to work out. Because, yeah. you know, why isn't she doing that? Right. And why is she doing that with Laura? Why is he doing that with Lorelai? And what is going on? Those two look like they are, belong together. And uh, yeah, I don't think Luke... Luke wouldn't have allowed Lorelai to do it. And he really didn't allow her to do it. Um, but if he was really in love with Rachel and really wanted to have something, a re- and he felt a real future was happening... He would have told her, and he did. He he never would have agreed to the wardrobe fitting. Correct. He would not have put the clothes on and come out and been fitted and, you know, been his sort of complainy self. But, you know, he wouldn't have let it get to that point. Because he would have been like, like, what if Rachel sees us? I mean, it's right in the diner. It's right in her face. Luke is not a cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. But, I mean, come on. (laughs) It's like those two are so connected and they have the right. chemistry and they have the whole thing that's his so, cheating he can't help himself yeah. with lorelei he's already like emotionally kind of cheating yeah. because he has the feelings he yeah. might not be admitting it to himself but like mm-hmm. all of us are like hello i mean but look at him i mean he he not only did a rant a rant over the uh what is the the meow gloves or the kitten gloves or whatever they were the kitten oven mitts what is that what they were holder, yes, what, what were they yes. okay so he did that rant about giving gifts. And then he did a double rant, right? What was the double rant over? He did, And he handed her the credit card also so quickly. Right. Those are not things you do right. with like, you you do that with someone that you're so tight with. Like, right. They acted like a married because they've been like, married for 20 card, years. Don't spend $12,000. It's just like, here's my credit card. Like, I completely right. trust you. Right. What's mine is yours. Like, it's just so. And she handles the rant so beautifully because she's amused by it. And this is Luke. And this is what I love about Luke. He's so unfiltered and so real that I love this guy. And she stands there and does her funny little lines. And she's the only one that can probably handle him. Totally. And we're also realizing how doomed, for lack of a better word, Mr. Medina, Max, and Lorelai are because she didn't even tell anybody. And I know she's sort of backpedaling that at the end, but it's like, come on. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I I have very little commentary about the Max Medina <laughs> today, uh, this episode, which will make some people very happy, I'm sure. <laughs> I, you know, my comment on the Max Medina is that's a head of hair. That's a nice head of hair, isn't it? Let, let's be let's let's be positive about Max Medina. That poor sob is in a situation. I mean, he walked into the middle of a, a yeah. volcano. An active volcano. And the poor guy is just getting lava all over him. And he's just, he's yeah. going to, he's going to get burned. He's getting burned totally. all over the place. It's getting, so, it's getting more and more obvious yeah. that that's going to happen. Yeah. And I think the scene in the bedroom at, at the Gilmore's, you know, Richard and Emily's where Lorelai's opening up about her own flaws and how she doesn't want Rory to have those flaws. You realize again, um, Max isn't prepared for this, but Luke is. 
Luke knows her and can handle this completely. Whereas Max is all like, why don't you tell Rory? Oh, right. you know, mm-hmm. obviously yeah. dude, she's not ready. She didn't tell anybody because she's not ready to admit any of this. You know, any judgments or criticism that you may have had during the episode towards Lorelai's character are wiped away in that scene, that very last scene, because she comes yeah. off so smart and so mm-hmm. loving and so caring and so mm-hmm. just brilliant a mother. I know? agree. Really like, just hit it out I of the park I don't want to pass my flaws on to you, and right. I know I have them. Right, right. It's it's just what a gorgeous scene. And that was a scene that I, uh, that was a gorgeous, that was my favorite scene. It was just gorgeous. Me too. It, it really was just a beautiful scene. Yeah, because it it really made you. It, it it they had so much tension, and with that explanation, mm-hmm. everything was okay, yeah. and they were good. And I thought it was really cool, even though there was a moment of sort of <laughs> snark in it that Lorelai said, "Thank you, mom." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I think she went snarky right after. But it was great. It was like. God, how much would you want to live in that house? We'll, we'll, the, we'll see you tomorrow the, night. Seven so o'clock sharp. Oh, is it seven? Good night, Lorelai. <laughs> it's like, get the frick but out of here. How much would you want to live in that house with a homemade Pop-Tart and a lamb sandwich? Like the whole thing. I'm like, no wonder she want to go here. Me too. And you better then, ask for strudel, though. You better oh get the strudel. I mean, that place is. God, how rich are they? I know we always say it, but it's like, there's just something to make you like a homemade breakfast and the skirts being ironed. And it's just like, oh, what a place that is. How great was it when Richard popped his newspaper back up after Emily said, you know, you know, Roar, you've never, you've never, nobody's ever been able to get Richard to lower or stop reading his newspaper. And then... Each episode, I mean, I know I just, we say this like a broken record, but each episode tops the one before. I know. That's not possible. I know. How does it get better than this? Is it going to get better than this one? Yes. Wow. Look, we're coming to the end of season one, but we all know because we've had Milo. Like, Jess is coming. Jess Jess is coming coming so soon. I cannot wait. He's coming. Yes. Oh, boy. Yes. I can't wait. We got to have him on the show again. Oh, my God. How great is he? We're going to, we have to have him on the show again. Ah, summer, the best time of the year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices, and vacation disappears quicker than ice cream melts. But what if summer doesn't have to come with a scorching price tag? What if there's another way? With IKEA, your plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Dreamy getaways can mean the perfect reading nook right outside your window, picnic in the shade, or taking your morning coffee to meet the morning sun. Really, any meal tastes better outside. Create that summer escape for family and friends and start planning a better, more affordable summer right now. You can be the host with the most and the least worries. This summer, make your doorstep the perfect vacation destination with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Hey, everybody. Again, uh, if you haven't gotten tickets yet to New York Comic-Con at the Javits Center, October 7 and 8, to come see me, do it. Uh, go to NewYorkComicCon.com or go to ScottyP.com, S-C-O-T-T-Y-P, and click the link that'll take you to New York Comic-Con, and you can buy your tickets. I will be there October 7th and 8th at the Javits Center in New York City, the Big Apple. I'm coming to the Apple, and uh, that's a Thursday and a Friday. Okay, so I hope to see everybody there. Okay, I mean, we got to do pop culture because we're running out of time. All so, right, Riley, ahead. you're going to have to right, jam let's go, Riley. through. Riley, 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 Riley. All right. Pop let's culture, jam here through. we go. Let's go. This is, I'm Riley, and this is your pop culture. Hi, Riley. Three, three minutes to get through it all. Yeah, you go. got three minutes. Oh, go. A speed run. Okay, so first we have Lorelai and Rory are in the di- uh, the diner, and they're playing the game as men walk by, one, two, three, you know, he's yours. And Lorelai says... Because I'm not Anna Nicole Smith after pointing to an old man. <laughs> so while perfor- performing at a Houston strip club in October 1991, Smith met 86-year-old petroleum tycoon J. Howard Marshall. Anna married her husband, J. Howard Marshall, and the two had a 63-year age gap between them. So Anna was in you know, hot water when there was a quite a scandal when the question came to be who the father was of her daughter, Danny Lynn. Yeah, that was after the old guy died, right? Yes. Yeah, okay. he passed away. So then the, went on to the scandal, scandal and Anna's live-in partner, Howard K. Stern's name was on the birth certificate, but yep. the actual father ended up being Larry Burkhead, who, yep. who, you know, he's now the father. Moving on, while on the phone with Max, Lorelai asked Max to make a gorilla sound. And he says, why? And she says, I want to play and I want to play Wild Kingdom. So we have made reference to this before. Uh, Gilmore Girls Girls did in season one, episode 14. But here are a couple more fun facts. The show came under heavy criticism for staging scenes of animal capture or rescue for simply a dramatic effect. And Johnny Carson, the legendary talk show host, was a huge fan of the show. 
Lorelai buys clothes for Luke, as we talked about in the diner at the mall, and would like to, for him to try something new. Lorelai says, just for once, wouldn't it be nice to be dressed like an extra uh, for Seven Brides and Seven Brothers? This is a 1954 American musical film. For the bride's costume, designer Walter Plunkett went to the Salvation Army, found old quit quilts, and turned them into dresses. And it was originally supposed to be called A Bride for Seven Brothers, but they thought this would be a little too risque. Mm -hmm. You have two minutes. Two minutes. Okay. Uh, Lorelai finds out Rory is at Emily and Richard's house. And Lorelai says to Max, no, that house is not safe. It's like Amityville Horror without the fun, without the good times. So the Amityville Horror is a book by American author Jay Anson, was published in 1977. It is also the basis for a series of films ranging from 1979 to 2021. The 1979 film starred James Brolin and Margaret Kidder. Um, the 2005 rendition starred Ryan Reynolds and Melissa George. Okay, next we have uh, Lorelai is talking about how Rory is so much like Lorelai, but does not want her to be like that in the love life department. Lorelai says, for example, say you were dating Taylor Hansen. Rory says, Hansen's still together. Lorelai says, they're like the new Bee Gees. Another boy man reference. Another boy man reference. And all three of them are actually still together. Um, all three are married and they have about 15 kids between the three of them. Hard. Moving on to the Bee Gees. Bee Gees were popular in the late 1970s. The three brothers, Barry, Robin, and Maurice, were best friends and all had houses right next to each other. Might be Morris. I think it's spelled Maurice, but it's Morris. Lorelai says, good. Okay, last week we were talking about Meryl Streep and the whole accent thing, and Rachel said that she loved Out of Africa, but she'd never read the book, remember? So Out of Africa is a 1985 American epic romantic drama starring Meryl Streep and Robert Redford. The film was basically based loosely on the 1937 book. Meryl Streep was nominated for Best Actress in a Leading Role, but sadly did not win. Um, moving on to the next one, Dean asked Lane this question after meeting Mrs. Kim. Because Mrs. Kim is demanding and strict personality, Dean says, has she seen Patton? Patton is a 1970 American epic biographic war film. Um, George C. Scott won the Academy Award for Best Actor and famously refused to accept it, claiming the competition between actors was unfair. Last one. Lorelai and Emily are in the hallway after Rory runs away to Emily and Richards. And Lorelai says, excuse me, Mr. Cossel. Cosell. 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 Howard Good, Cosell. Try, young, young this one, is Howard you know. Cosell. <laughs> yeah. Remember Cosell. Howard Cosell? Keep going. Keep going. Howard Cosell was an American sports journalist and author. He became prominent and influential during his time at ABC Sports from 1953 to 1985. He was known for his blustering, confident personality. Some argue Howard belongs in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Yes, he's a legend. Absolutely. Okay, here's my, favorite, my favorite line delivered by Richard. I'm sorry you're upset, but I applaud your timing. Oh, that was great. That was great. It was great. It was great. <laughs> Riley, give your line. We have 30 What's seconds. What's your line? 30 seconds. Lorelai says, I'm buzzed on the sugar and jazzed about the purchases. <laughs> nice. My, my favorite line wasn't a line. Again, I'm going to give, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to doff my cap to Yannick Truesdale as Michelle, who simply yes. when found out that Max said it's personal phone call, he threw the phone at Lorelai. It was hysterical. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Next week is the final episode of season but one. But wait a minute. We haven't even talked about how militant Mrs. Kim was in this episode. She's never have, been more unhinged so 100% far. 100% true. My God. I mean, she attacked Dean with... verbally, right? My God. It was funny stuff. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for this episode. What another rollicking affair we yeah, had. I love 
98 degrees. We had a breakdown. We had a three minute pop culture. This was like, it's like, it was like, you got Drew Lachey's kid through quarantine. Like, that's just like so epic. What the can the 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 connective tissue winner? That's what the star's winner, Drew Lachey. Oh, was he really? Yeah, he has that mirror ball. I think he does. He's got a mirror ball. Anyway, next week, next week. Final yeah. episode of season one. Next week is the final episode. We do. We have special guests. Yeah. Oh, the guests. Here. The heat. We're bringing the heat, aren't we? We really are. We're we trying. Really are. We're bringing some heat. And All right, guys. Exciting announcement next week too. So. Oh, we in. do. That's right. And I yes, cannot reveal it now, but there is nope. a very, very, very exciting announcement. You're going to love this. People are going to love yes. this. Yes. Um, we're going to have a. We're having a ball with this. Anyway, see guys. Next week. See you next time. Thanks for everything. Stay safe. All the best. Don't forget, follow us on Instagram at I am all in podcast and email us at Gilmore at iHeartRadio.com. Oh, you Gilmore fans, if you're looking for the best cup of coffee in the world, go to my website for my company, ScottyP.com, S-C-O-T-T-Y-P.com, ScottyP.com, grade one specialty coffee. Ah, summer, the best time of the year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there was another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. At IKEA, everyone can have lounge chair access. No reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, They have all of the essentials that you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your budget. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.